When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you too long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. A storm was brewing. Well, more simmering. In the evening sky, it was glorious. The mountains of clouds rolling around on each other, and with the setting sun, it was bouncing off the peaks and hilly clouds, turning them pink and gold and deep blue. My husband and I sat on the steps and watched it unfold as the lightning started to flicker across the horizon. Then, as the sun sunk lower, we saw something strange and beautiful flying in and out of the clouds. The first teller for this episode is Priscilla Howe. Based in Kansas, Priscilla performs at schools, libraries, festivals, and special events. Her mouthy hand puppets come along to shows for young children, and she tells more grown-up stories to, well, grown-ups and older kids. For those of you who can't get enough of her delightful stories, you can become patrons of her and get a new story every week. Also, you heard it here first, Priscilla is releasing a new book of Bulgarian folktales titled Clever, Kind, Tricky, and Sly. You can find it on Amazon and Parkhurst Brothers Publishing. For this episode, Priscilla is telling the tale, The Finger Lock. There were three boys, the McCrimmon boys, and the two older boys played the bagpipes. They played wonderfully. Every year they went to the Highland Games, and they played, and they won prizes at the games. It was a competition to see who was the best piper, but they made their younger brother stay home. They wouldn't even let him touch their bagpipes. One year they left for the games, and they said to their brother, Don't go in the house. We've locked it, and we've given you enough food for the day. Don't go in the house. They left, and the younger brother sat, feeling very sad. He wanted to go to the games. He wanted to hear the bagpipes. He loved the sound. Suddenly he saw, standing in front of him, a wee man, a little man. And the wee man said, Why are you sitting here so sadly? Oh, my brothers have gone to the games. They've gone to the Highland Games, and they're they're probably playing right now. I would like to go and hear the bagpipes. The wee man said, if that's what you'd like, I'll play for you. And he reached down to the ground and he picked up a piece of straw and he fashioned a pipe out of the straw and he began to play. The younger brother listened and smiled and smiled and listened. And when the wee man was done playing, he said, why don't you try? The younger brother said, I don't know how to play. My brothers have never even let me touch their bagpipes. The wee man said, I think I can help you. Let's go in the house. We can't go in the house. It's locked. I'll show you a little trick. The wee man took the younger brother to the front door, 
Then the wee man lifted his little finger, and he blew on it. And then he put his finger right in the lock of the door, turned his hand, and the door opened. Then the wee man said, Let's open that trunk in the corner. The younger brother had never even noticed the trunk in the corner. The young man tried to open the trunk, but it was locked. The wee man said, You try your luck. So the brother lifted his own little finger and blew on it, put it in the lock of the trunk, and turned it. And the trunk opened. The brother lifted that lid, and inside this old, old trunk was a beautiful set of bagpipes, and underneath it there were shoes and stockings and a kilt in the McCrimmon tartan, and there was a sparren, and there was a skandu. There was everything he needed to be the fine piper that he wished to be. He put the clothes on. The wee man said, Now try the pipes. Oh, I don't know how. Just try. So the younger brother picked up the pipes, holding them as he had seen his brothers do, and he began to play a tune that he'd heard them play. The wee man said, That's good, but let me give you another tune. Try this. And the brother tried again, and he played a tune he had never heard before, but oh, it was lovely. It was beautiful. The wee man said, Now you've got a tune to play at the Highland Games. You'd better go quickly. What will you call that tune? The brother said, I'll call it, I'll call it the finger lock. Very good. Off you go. And the younger brother ran, wearing his fine clothes. When he arrived at the Highland Games, no one recognized him. He was wearing such fine clothes, and he had such a fine set of bagpipes. And when it was his turn, he played the finger lock. Everyone stopped and listened. They said, What is that tune? What do you call it? He said, I call it the finger lock, but I must be off. And he left. He went home as quickly as he could. When he got home, the wee man was gone, but the younger brother went in the house. He put on his old clothes, and he folded the fine clothes up and put them in the trunk. He put the bagpipes on top. He closed the trunk. He blew on his little finger, locked the trunk, and then he left the house and blew on his finger again, locked the door, and was sitting outside when his brothers came home. They said, The games this year were wonderful. There was a young man who came and he played a tune we'd never heard before. It was the best we'd ever heard. The youngest brother said, What did he call it? He called it the finger lock. And the younger brother said, I know that tune. And he turned to the door. He blew on his finger, put it in the lock, turned it, unlocked that door, and went in. He went to the trunk. He blew on his finger, put it in the lock, turned it, opened the trunk. He pulled out the bagpipes, and he began to play for his brothers. He played the finger lock. They stood there with their mouths open. They couldn't believe it. Their own brother was that very handsome man who had played at the Highland Games, that man who had played the tune that everyone had loved. They were a bit embarrassed, and they apologized. And the next year, 
all three of them went to the Highland Games, and they played, and they played, and they played, and they won all the prizes. And if you go to Scotland, and you talk of the McCrimmon brothers, oh, you will hear tales of how well, how beautifully they played the bagpipes, and how every generation from that one to this still plays. And that is the finger lock. This episode is brought to you by Pie in the Sky Bakery. Set your aspirations for dessert high by ordering from Pie in the Sky Bakery for the lightest meringue pies, the fluffiest macaroons, and the sweetest whipped cream. These desserts are fluffed by all organic free-range clouds. The blown sugar sculptures are filled by the west wind, and all are whipped to the lightest peaks by the freshest foreign winds. For the delightest desserts, choose Pie in the Sky Bakery. We have a new review that was sent to us by email, and we'd love to read it out here. It's from Emmeline, who says, Hello, Story Story Podcast. I'm 11 and always enjoy listening to your podcasts. There's always such a mixture, and the sponsors are super cool and funny. Well, thanks for being an amazing podcast. Emmeline, thanks for sending in a review to our email. If anyone would like to send a review via email, you can do so to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. We are the preferred podcasts by discerning 11-year-olds around the world. If you're older or younger, we are probably preferred by your age, too. And if you're listening out there and you'd like to send one in too, you can do so to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. We also appreciate when folks become patrons of the podcast, which helps us grow and find more storytellers and helps keep us floating. To the people who send in reviews and to all of our patrons, you are the four-leaf clover we found by the bus stop on a rainy day in March. Do you see those? I asked my husband as I pointed to the sky. There, weaving in and out of the clouds, was something that looked like ribbons. Swirling through the sky, up and around the clouds, drifting on the wind. We squinted as we watched them. Are those... They were... Chinese dragons. They twisted around the clouds like streamers, dancing, playing, guiding the clouds like sheep. I have never seen them in our skies. Maybe they're here to help the rivers. Everything is so dry this year. As if confirming my suspicion, there was a low rumble of thunder that rolled across the sky, and the first drops of rain began to splatter around us. We sat out there a few more magical minutes as we watched the dragons work in the clouds above, and then we went inside to let the rain fall to the thirsty earth below. The second teller for this episode is Megan Hicks. As a self-proclaimed teller without a niche, niche, Megan dives heart-first into every story she tells. Fairy tale, personal story, American history, parody, ghost, and horror. Humor, and magically, her listeners are happy to follow. She has a number of award-winning CDs, and here you will hear her telling Groundhog Godmother.
I've had a ball this weekend, absolute ball. Thank you all so much. And I want to close out my part of this festival with Groundhog Godmother. Cinderella's stepsisters were getting really impatient. They said, would you put down that mop and get ready for the ball? You're going to make us late. Cinderella said, guys, 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 the scullery floor has not been cleaned since Tuesday. I got to alphabetize the spice rack. I got to weed the garden. I don't have time to go to the ball. All right, be a drudge, they said. It's up to you. And they went off to get ready. Well, that night, the scullery floor was gleaming. The spice rack was in dewy decimal order. Cinderella was out on her knees in the garden, weeding the curly endive. Lights from the palace reflected off the night sky. Music wafted on the air. She sighed and wondered if there would be anything she would ever enjoy as much as apparently her stepsisters enjoyed dressing up in skimpy little dresses and hanging out at royal balls. There was a voice behind her. The voice said, you want to go? It's not too late. I'll get you there in five minutes flat. She wheeled around to see who was talking. No one stood there, just, just, just a fat groundhog sitting on its haunches, eating slugs from the beer trap she had set out the night before. <laughs> the groundhog held a slug up in the air to admire it. She says, you know, I love this beer marinade thing you got going on. Great texture, low sodium, wonderful flavor. She popped the slug in her mouth, swallowed it in one gulp, and stifled a little burp. Cinderella stared dumbstruck. The groundhog said, so you're going to the ball or aren't you? Why would I want to? Well, because you would be beautiful and enigmatic. The women would be jealous of you. The men would want to hold you in their arms and... I think the prince might even fall in love with you, huh? I get it, she said. Like, like a Nora Ephron movie, huh? <laughs> well, except, see, I am not beautiful. <laughs> I'm about as enigmatic as a cold shower. I don't even own a dress. And besides that, for that kind of thing, you need a fairy godmother to put it all together. I don't have one of those either. Well, said the groundhog, you know, I, I admit you appearance is rather plain, and, and your taste in clothes is subdued. Yes, and, and your personality is coming across to me as very, um, blunt. And, you know, while you don't have a regulation fairy godmother, you do have me. Here, she flourished a magic wand, and fairy dust went flying everywhere. Cinderella said, right, and you are... Your fairy groundhog, for heaven's sake. Isn't that patently obvious? Right, right, right. My fairy groundhog. Why do I have a fairy groundhog? The little creature's shoulders slumped. She said, you're disappointed. They warned me. They told me no human being with a shred of intelligence would give me any credence. All right, all right. I know. I'm defeated. I'll never get to test my magic. I'll never get to try out if the silly wand does anything besides... Spit glitter. <laughs> Who is this they you keep referring to, said Cinderella. My instructors, the faculty at Gaga. Gaga? Gaga. Grimm's accredited Godmother Academy. <laughs> I'm in my final year. 
You were supposed to be my senior project. See, I'm to find a disconsolate ingenue, a young martyr if I possibly can. I give her a half-face wardrobe makeover. I send her off to a social function, fix it so she finds true love. At least, that's what I was supposed to do. I see. I'm not helping any, am I? No, you are not. All right, I'll go to the freaking ball, said Cinderella. Just please, 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 don't make me wear ringlets and no foundation garments. Put me in something simple in black. Well, the fairy ground all got right to work, and within 15 minutes, there stood Cinderella dressed in a long black silk skirt, long sleeve black silk T-shirt, her hair combed, her fingers manicured. She caught her reflection in the patio door, and she said, Whoa, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Well, we're not done, said the groundhog. We have to accessorize. It's 20% of my grade. The wand flew. Ping! Gold hoops decorated Cinderella's ears. Zing! A diamond pendant hung at her throat. Ding! A Gucci bag draped off her shoulder. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo! Cinderella found herself tottering in four-inch glass high heel slippers. She said, hey, lose the shoes right this minute. The shoes, no, I can't do it. I can't do it, said the groundhog. The shoes are mandatory. It's the test for permanent transmogrification. We've got to do the shoes. Well, listen, if you want me to go to a function, a social function, I got to be able to walk, do something now. So in a half-hearted attempt at passive aggression, the groundhog turned the four-inch glass high heel pumps into Converse All-Stars. Glass, 16-hole lace-up tennis shoes. She said, all right, is that better, little missy? Cinderella looked down and she said, oh, these are awesome. Oh, well, hmm. Now, to get you to the ball, uh, you want a coach or a limousine? What's wrong with a taxi cab? So the wand flew again, and there stood a green and black vintage checker cab idling in the driveway. Yes, said Cinderella. Now, the groundhog was about to tell the girl to be home by midnight, whatever else she did, but Cinderella rendered her speechless by scooping her up and stowing her in the Gucci bag. <laughs> what do you think you're doing, said the groundhog. Cinderella looked down and said, I am making sure I have somebody to talk to once I get to this social function. Well, as it turned out, Cinderella had a ball. By the time she arrived, the prince had passed out under the table, so there was one thing she didn't have to worry about. Her two stepsisters caught sight of her from across the crowded ballroom, but before they could come squealing with their air kisses, the caterer mistook her for one of his own black-uniformed crew, sent her off to the kitchen for a fresh tray of hors d'oeuvres. And in this way, Cinderella found herself happily occupied with the courteous, well-spoken caterer whose sparkling eyes and balding pattern she found irresistible. <laughs> now, the groundhog feasted on escargot until she had eaten herself into oblivion. She snored among the soft folds of the Gucci bag until the gong of the midnight clock awakened her. 
Midnight, she said. Oh, no, I blew it. She scrambled to the top of the bag. She said, oh, 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 Cinderella, Cinderella, quickly, we got to fly. The magic wears off at midnight. Come on, girl, we got to go. We got to go. But at this point, Cinderella heard nothing but the flutter of her own smitten heart. She and the caterer were locked in fond embrace right beside the walk-in freezer, sharing love's first kiss. It was a long kiss, too. It lasted all 12 gongs of the clock. And in the ensuing silence, a soft bing, zing, ding signaled Cinderella's return to normal. There she stood, frizzy hair, grubby fingernails, flannel work shirt, torn jeans. The caterer took one step backward, grinned at her, and he said, hey, that is a cool trick. And he resumed the kiss. <laughs> now, it happens that the fairy groundhog passed her senior project with distinction. She graduated from Gaga Summa Cum Laude, but she never went on to get her full certification of licensed certified fairy godmother, because in her senior practicum, they had to watch some Disney movies, and she realized that American fairy godmothers show up for work with bad hair and bad prom dresses on. Not going to do it, she said. I do have my standards. So she opened a little lunchroom in Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania. Smashing success. Cinderella keeps her stocked with marinated slugs. Her catering friend is generous with cooking tips and recipes. Now, as a result of that one social outing, Cinderella, she is a full partner in a thriving restaurant business. She's engaged to a prince of a sweetheart. And let me tell you something. That girl's got footwear her two stepsisters would kill for. Thank you so much for a great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Priscilla Howe at PriscillaHowe.com and Megan Hicks at MeganHicks.com. Tell them you love the stories and you want to hear more. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, send them to StoryStoryPodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood, who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was the fluffy clouds in the evening sky. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a night of strange and beautiful weather. The music is by Pottington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then... Live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.
Once upon a time, and welcome to the once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Do you see those? I asked my husband as we. I wasn't ready for the next line. That's going to be fun to edit. Whew.